Welcome to the 266 Express. I'm John Noblet here with Donna Green. Donna, who do we have today? Today we are lucky enough to have our police chief, Tyson Cheek. Hi, everybody. Hey, Chief. How are you doing? John, I'm doing well, thank you. It's uh it's a great day in Sanger. It is a great day. Every day in Sanger is a great day with a few exceptions because we know we all have bad days, but maybe more good than bad, we think? A lot more good than bad. Uh, I, I used to have a chief that would say, there's no such thing as a bad day. He was a liar, but <laughs> for the most part, that uh, things have been wonderful so far. Good, good. So let's talk about your reception. We know that... Uh, that, well, I know, most certainly, that uh, you came on as an interim chief. Uh, you know, we had a, a transition. A lot of people are, are very aware that we had a transition unexpectedly, and you, you were able to step in as interim. And uh, during that, that time that you served as interim, you really locked in, and uh, we're very, very happy that you decided to stay on as the, the permanent chief for us. Thank you. How's your reception been since you've uh, been with the department? Well, the officers have been wonderful. Um, I don't know if most people know that there was, I don't want to say mass exodus, but you lost nearly half the police department in a short span of time shortly before and after the chief left. Um, Those officers that stayed are dedicated to this city. They love this city. They love the work that they do. And when I came in, I, I think the 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 most important thing in talking to all of them was that uh, they 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 just wanted the department to get better. And from my viewpoint, the important thing for them was we needed to get good people hired quickly, so they wouldn't have to keep working the masses amount massive amount of time that they were working overtime and stuff. It's not healthy. It's not good. And it's not good for a police department. So hiring good people was was my priority, and I'm thankful to say that uh, by October 1st, by the end of the budget year, we were fully staffed. And again, we selected good people to do the job for the citizens. Yeah, you have. I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed with the amount of talent that you've been able to attract and bring on. Um, and there's a, a lot of experience over there. Um, tell us a little bit about your... Uh, your what we refer to as your command structure, Chief? Well, um, what I've done was I've, I've taken the administrative position that was originally an assistant chief. Uh, the Under Chief Rhodes, that he had a, an assistant chief and then a lieutenant. And we didn't really need that level of upward executive level thinking. So... I reduced that level, that that assistant chief, to another lieutenant. So now I have two lieutenants who are basically my second in commands. One is in charge of administration, and the other is in chopper in charge of patrol operations. Um, Lieutenant Justin Lewis, who was basically doing the chief's job between the time Whalen left and the time I'd arrived, is has been wonderful and. Um, because coming from Fort Worth to a department like Sanger is is literally you're speaking two different languages in terms of uh, operations and administration. I, I lean heavily on him for um, learning how the city functions and how, how the police department operates inside that sphere. 
Um, the other lieutenant is Lieutenant Rick Reflogel, who is a retired Fort Worth officer, and he came in as an officer here um, before he we did the promotional the selection process for the lieutenants, and he was by far the most qualified the, for that put in for the position. Uh, he is now our operations patrol guy, and um, so between the three of us, we generally when an incident comes up or when when we're pondering what needs to be done or administrative decisions. We, we work very well together. We talk daily. Uh, and the officers love their administrative staff, their executive staff. They know that they can come talk to any of us. And, and, and the communication between us and the officers, I think, is just the biggest thing that, uh, that helps us, has helped put us on the right path. Wonderful. Um, so with that, when you came in, what were the things that you immediately identified that you might want to change or we need improvement on? And conversely, you know, what were the things that were really working great? Well, uh, again, personnel, the, the people that were here were, were, were just dedicated to the city and dedicated to, to policing the city in such a way that, uh, that people felt safe. Um, it, it's just they were overworked. So the primary thing, like I mentioned before, was staffing. We had to get good people here, and we had to get them here quickly. Um, now that we've done that, the the next thing that we need to start doing is working on making sure the officers have technology that they need, making sure that they have proper equipment, making sure that 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 the equipment is up to date and and that everything looks presents itself as a, as a professional department. So, Chief, we hear community policing batted around quite, quite a bit in our circles. Um, what, is, what does community policing mean, and what does community policing mean to you? So when I started with the Fort Worth Police Department, um, Thomas Wyndham was the chief of police there. And while community policing actually started in other cities than Fort Worth, uh, primarily there was the Kansas City experiment and Mm -hmm. some others, um, Thomas Wyndham helped develop community policing in Fort Worth to the point where Fort Worth was thought thought of as one of the leaders in community policing. Mm -hmm. And departments used to send their people to us to learn how to do community policing. And... The way I learned community policing was is that um, you had officers who were dedicated to actually interacting with the community, not just when we have to do calls, um, but the idea is for officers to be able to deal with citizens in such a way that they're not – it's not primarily when we're in calls for service. Um, it's that community policing is your police department helping educate the citizens or the businesses or the schools in, in crime prevention and, and then helping set up means like crime watches and things of that nature where citizens can help police officers. You've got a city, you've got a city of around 10,000 people here and you've got 11 officers on patrol day and night at various times. Um, Obviously, with three people or four people on a shift, we can't be everywhere in Sanger. So the community has to be our eyes and ears. And community policemen is all about community policing is all about that interaction to make the community better, 
to cooperate with the community and have the community cooperate with us to help make their city a safer place to live. Hmm. So you talk about um, uh, your officers and the equipment, making sure they have the right equipment, making sure they're properly trained. So what are your strategies to ensure that, that they are properly trained and they are properly equipped? So technology and policing is is advancing at a at a high level. I mean, from one year to the next, what you may have may be outdated. So when you're when you're researching these things, you might need to make sure that you get quality technology that will last for uh, most of the life cycle of stuff. For instance, tasers. We just recently acquired new tasers. The life cycle of a taser system is probably about five years before they come up with the the newer, latest, greatest model, which the advances offer more safety and that sort of thing for officers. Um, so acquiring that kind of technology and researching it to make sure that you're not throwing bad, good money after bad products is is a priority. Um, We've recently acquired stop sticks to help reduce pursuits, the length of pursuits, and and, and that's that's big because although we want we don't want people getting away, we don't want pursuits that drive all the way into Oklahoma to to for to stop to catch criminals. Um, we've also we also have body cam systems, and the body cam systems, the technology. It's not just the cameras themselves. It's the software that goes with the with the body cam systems and the car cam systems and what that allows you to do in terms of being more um, open with the public. Can, can you show a video but edit things out that they shouldn't see or do you have to hold the videos back because there's information in there you can't see, you can't block out, you can't edit those videos with? That sort of thing. That's good that you bring that up, um, Chief. What What are your views? I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of issues that the various departments deal with with transparency. I know, uh, just during my administration here, we've made a commitment on our side, uh, really, to be as transparent as possible with the general public. And I know sometimes we. Uh, we we take a little bit of heat because people still there, there are people that don't understand some of the some of the challenges we have and they don't believe we're we're transparent enough. But we try to be as transparent as possible. Uh, we know it's a little different with public safety, especially in your role as police chief and how policing works. What are your views on transparency and and what what other things are are you doing to be be more transparent with the public? Well, it's my belief that we're public servants and that we should be able to give the public everything that, that we can. Um, I don't think, barring, barring restrictions from, from state and government levels in terms of what can be released, I think we ought to release most everything we possibly can as quickly as we can. It never serves well if, if you can avoid not giving people information. It the longer you hold stuff that they should probably have access to, the more suspicious they begin they begin to get and the less trust there is in government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you did come in, you, you hired a bunch of people really quickly. So what is your approach to recruiting, hiring, and, and retaining your staff? Um, 
recruiting, hiring, retaining is is it's it's pretty well. The standards are pretty well set. You post the positions, and then basically it's just a matter of of going through the back, doing the interviews. I always want to interview people because I always want to look at them face to face, and um, as we're asking them questions, get a feel for not necessarily if they're being deceptive, but if they if they have an understanding of their history and how decisions they have made impact the things that they've done. In smaller departments like this, and I don't use this term negative, negatively, but policing is sort of transient and that officers go from one department to another department um, versus in a large department like where I came from, people get hired and try to stay until retirement. Um, I would like to develop that type of atmosphere here where people want to stay until they're able to retire. Um, but in order to do that, you, I have to see people face to face. And then we do an in-depth background research, talking to former employers. Um, and it's basically, like I say, people, seeing if people have a comprehension of what their faults may have been in their last position. And if they've had the wherewithal to actually try to fix any of those faults before I'll hire them here. Um, you know, growth is always what we're looking for, growth and then uh, honesty and integrity and that sort of thing. Chief, if somebody was interested in, in uh, becoming a law enforcement officer, uh, specifically in, in Sanger, what, where would they go? How, how would that process work for them? Well, in Sanger, we're not to the point where we're hiring people and putting them through a law enforcement academy. So first off, they have to already be TCOL certified. TCOL is the licensing agency for police officers in the state. Um, then if we have vacancies, they'll be posted on the city website. And uh, I believe they're posted on one of the state websites as well for law enforcement. And then it's just a matter of sending in the application with the resume and then initiating the process with us. What's that website, Donna? Do we remember? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, we, you can always go to uh, SangerTexas.org. 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 Yes, we do know that one. But, uh, SangerTexas.org, and you could look at the job tabs. Uh, yep. uh, there's, uh, if there's positions available, uh, regardless of what, what department, they'll be listed there first. So ethics is a, is a big question, Chief, uh, with, with policing. Ethics is a big question in public service yes, uh, in general, but uh, especially in policing. Uh, and that question is one that that we've discussed numerous times here, in uh, in my time here. Uh, what 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 do you do right now, or what is your strategy? I guess is the term. What is your strategy on um, on ethics uh, and ethics compliance for your department? Well, the be- the I guess the premise is that that ethics as it applies to discipline. Um, when we have a complaint or we have an issue, which is, by the way, which has been extremely rare, mm-hmm. most of the citizen complaints that we've gotten since I've been here, I would say actually 99% of them are just somebody who's unhappy with they they got a, a ticket or, you know, they're making a complaint on an officer. When you look at the video, it's mm-hmm. just absolutely not true, which is why video is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Um I've, I've not had an issue here with an ethics type violation, but the things that the one of the things that I like to do is um, I like to be the example of what I want 
an officer to be. In other words, um, I won't, I won't not tell them the truth. I won't sugarcoat anything if there's an issue or if I have a rule or something I want complied with, things are set pretty straightforward. There's no equivocation in what I'm saying. Um, and again, I mean, in terms of there, it's hard to actually kind of say what we have done because there hasn't, hasn't been an ethics-related issue. Mm-hmm. Um if there were, it whatever it would, was would be investigated properly and dealt with accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, sometimes that's not always internally correct, Chief. I mean, they're, they're depending on on uh, on the type violation that, that that might exist, there there are channels that, that and uh, resources that the police department has to, yes. to look into those things. So if it's a, if I can use an example. Um, with local recent history, one of the officers was investigated and the former chief appropriately had it investigated by the uh, Texas Department of Public Safety. So if it's if it's an egregious act that rises to that level, then that's something we would avail ourselves of. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I bring that up is to, to make people aware that um, – that, uh, that the, the police department does everything within their power – uh, to make sure that they are operating in the public's interest, um, there you know um, you you hear scuttlebutt every once in a while on the streets about this guy or that guy, and they're sweeping this under the rug or that under the rug, and that's just just not the case. And no. so, and I I think it's in, uh, fantastic uh, because the philosophy is is the same, right? Be uh, be the be the person you want your people to be is the best thing that we can do for the success of whatever endeavor we've uh, undertaken. Yeah. And one of the things that I do, no matter where I've been, where, in whatever position I've le- of leadership that I've been in is um, I make, I make it the, I make the effort to constantly ask not only my leaders, uh, my supervisors, but the people I'm working for, what is it you see that I'm not doing right? What is it you see that I can do better? And I take that feedback and incorporate it into the things that I'm doing as best I can. Um, I'm not the epitome of leadership in any way, shape, or form. And I know that that despite all the leadership training that I've had and, and all the positions that I've had, there are things that I could do better. And each each new circumstance allows for change and allows for growth. So. With that, um, so what are your overall goals and visions for the department, let's say, for the next two years? Um, Again, it basically ties to growth for the department along with the growth that the city is going to have over the next two to five years. Um, We've talked about projections and growth and population in the next four, six, eight years of almost doubling the population of the city of Sanger. Uh, to some extent, I would rather see the department and the city be proactive in the growth of the department along with the city rather than having to play catch-up five or six years down the road. Uh, that includes officers, vehicles, um, paying benefits to the officers. Those things are all going to have to be addressed in the, in, the, in the coming years. And, I mean, I know the city manager has plans for that kind of stuff already uh, and – my goal to work with them to make sure that uh, that we do well with that. 
all components of what we're trying to do to prepare for growth. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else we haven't discussed that you'd like to convey to the public, Chief? I, I want to thank the public. Um, I've been here since June-ish, uh, and I've attended numerous of the public events, uh, celebration, the Christmas event, and some of the other things. Uh, we will be doing more community-type meetings like Coffee with a Cop. Um, we'll be doing National Night Out this year, and I hope to see most of the public air. I, I can't even express my gratitude of how welcome I felt by not only the city government and the people in the department, but by the citizens that I've interacted with since I've been here. Um, I, I haven't had a negative comment yet. I mean, I'm, it's a chief's position. I'm sure there may be some coming, but uh, yeah, the citizens have been wonderful, and uh, I want this department to represent this city as best it possibly can, and I want it to be a department that the city can be proud of. Well, Chief, I have no doubt under your leadership that those are all achievable things. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Well, um, Chief, again, we want to thank you for coming on and being with us today. Uh, Absolutely. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Certainly. And you've been listening to the 266 Express. I'm John Noblet with Donna Green. And thank you so much for listening in to what's going on in our small little North Texas town. And if you have an opportunity, would you rate our podcast for us? We've been doing this a while now. Maybe a little rating would help us out. Subscribe if you would, because we'd like everybody to uh, to know what we know in Sanger. Life is good. Mm-hmm.